Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3, I'll give you a few seconds here. Go ahead, freak out about your boy, John Kreese, telling Britt Baker to sweep the leg on AEW Dynamite last night. She was weak. She was weak. You should have sweeped the leg, put him in a body bag. Cobra Kai never dies, even when you're watching AEW Dynamite. Dr. Britt Baker became Tori for a minute, and she was out there telling them it's it's a wrap. Sensei Kreese said it's a wrap. I'm taking over Johnny Lawrence's spot since he wants to be with Eagle Fang. I'm Cobra Kai all day in these streets. I was so happy to see Sensei Kreese. He's out of jail, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy. Spoiler alert. I'm only on season two. That's your fault. <laughs> it is not my fault. All right. Do you, do you know when here, here's the truth. Here's the God's honest truth. This is how the TV works at my house, right? If it ain't football, if it ain't wrestling more often than not, what is on my television is puppy dog pals. All right. I am, I am six seasons behind on walking dead. I had to stop watching better call Saul. I haven't been able to catch up on. I'm lucky I get to watch the Marvel stuff, to be completely honest with you. Like, there's only so much free time I have in my I have in my uh, TV life to get through stuff, to be completely but, honest. But you just said it. Like, I like anything that I'm talking about or I'm watching in professional wrestling, I'm actually watching on my TV. No, my TV is controlled by two women, Harlem <laughs> Rain and my and my dearest woman. Uh, the the lady I sleep to sleep next to every night in the in the morning and in the afternoon it is Peppa Pig or Coco Melon or Mickey Mouse nowadays yeah. she's saying she wants to watch Mickey Mouse Racer is the big one too now that that's all the stuff she watches during the day and then during the night it is time for Ninety Day Fiance or we whatever reality show my wife has me watching and it's not <laughs> wrestling on and I'm stuck on my laptop to watch all of AEW WWE <laughs> Impact. New Japan. Come on. If you're tired of Peppa Pig, have you, have you, uh, do you have Disney Plus? Yes, I do. Okay. Have you seen Encanto? No. Okay. Look that up because I'm dead serious. That music slaps. There are some serious bangers in there. And that is the one that is actually kind of replaced puppy dog pals for Rebecca right now. She wants the music on and she's singing along and dancing and it's adorable. But also for the adults, the music's good. Like I have like two or three of the songs stuck in my head and I don't have any issues with it. So if you're tired of Let's Peppa see. Pig, try to get Encanto up on the screen for you. See, see I did this with the wife because because I like the music. I, I have, I've convinced her to start watching Empire because I like the music on Empire and it's got the drama and the soap opera that she likes. So I, I'm going to try that. I might try Encanto just for the music. I do. I watch things sometimes. I convince my two ladies. My son is stuck. He's stuck with watching what, <laughs> what Harlem wants to watch. Harlem sometimes throws him a bone like Thomas the Train. And then she'll look at she'll look at Sydney. But yeah, I'll, I'll try Encanto. But yes, I was happy that tonight I was able to get the TV for a little bit and watch two hours of AEW Dynamite to talk about with you all this Thursday morning. Yes, absolutely. And it was a really, really good episode. We had a, a TNT title defense uh, that saw a, a, a wacky finish. But you know what? It, it, it makes sense. You know, I think we're, we're prone to think that we're, we're prone to roll our eyes at these things because WWE does them so often. But AEW kind of they don't do them as often. And this one really did was it was a storyline central uh, finish to the match and we will get there. Uh, we actually saw two matches last night where the competitors ended up being on the same side at the end of, of those matches. And it, again, great storytelling all throughout great promos. There's a lot of fallout with the, the Cody Rhodes news that keeps coming in um, from all different places. It's hard to give proper credit because you got so much coming from wrestling observer and fightful and sports illustrated. Now uh, we're going to try and, and nail it all down and try to break down everything. It's going to be really hard to do it though. Cause there's just so much coming in. First things first football, 
ladies and gentlemen, it is over. Uh, unfortunately, my team didn't win. I'm still not over that. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet online. Number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website. Use your mobile devices. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business, folks. From sports to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online, your number one online wagering destination, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And today we are going to start where we started yesterday. And that is with Cody Rhodes' departure. Uh, from AEW, Brandy Rhodes also leaving, and there again, there's there's been a number of reports coming out about this. The the interesting one here is, is coming from uh, Sports Illustrated today. I believe it was Justin Barrasso who had that, uh, and said that it was it, it came down to booking control. Like that was one of the big things uh, with Cody Rhodes, and and maybe kind of slowly deteriorated, you know, his relationship with Tony Khan. And, you know, I'm reading this article and I'm going, OK, well, that that kind of doesn't make sense. Right. Because he's going to he's going to be mad over booking control, but go to a company where he's not going to have any booking control regardless. But then the more I think about it, I'm going, well, if he doesn't have booking control in AEW anyway, so it's completely off the table. So that's kind of a wash. But it also makes me kind of think over the last three years. Right. As a member of the media, we had like. Those those conference calls for like the big like pay-per-views, like every every fourth quarter conference call. And for the first like several of them, it was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was always there. He was always the ambassador for the company. And he was, you know, talking about his matches and everybody else's matches and putting people over. And then I don't know, man, like about a year ago, I guess like Tony Khan just started taking him over. And I'm like, this is weird that Cody's not there anymore. And you just you slowly see Tony Khan taking over more and more and more of the company. So it's like this to me seems like it's just maybe the first little inkling of stuff that that's going to be coming out about this. And, and some of it may be true. Some of it may be off base. We've seen some stuff from um, PW torch and Wade Keller, who is a, a great wrestling journalist, but he put some stuff out about Brandy Rhodes that has been uh, massively, you know, debunked uh, or at least uh, you know, the, the people that Wade is talking to are not the same people that others are talking to. With her role in the company, there's it's there's so much coming out about this. It's going to be really hard to determine what actually happened. And I'm going to be, again, very interested to see what Cody says whenever he finally does that first interview. Yeah, man, this is the type of stuff as far as like backstage chatter and different people saying different things that we usually get from only WWE. And now it's on yeah. both sides. So it makes the news a news day very interesting now that I'm doing news writing, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm writing stories that debunk what I just wrote like a, <laughs> 15, 30 minutes ago. That's a bitch. It's yeah, freaking bitch is what it's, it is. It, it, it's it's insanity, but that is the world we are living in, yeah. and I think that we're not gonna really know details and reasons and how everything transpires until we hear Cody's side of it and Tony's side of it, yeah. and we can piece it all together from there. But the whole uh point of booking control, I do agree with you. You did see that shift, and I think it really happened. It didn't even happen a year ago. It happened in 2020. Uh, where Tony, he has admitted that he took over the booking control at the end of 2019. It was the famed episode, the December 18, 2019 episode of AEW Dynamite that ended with the Dark Order beating down our beating down the Young Bucks and SCU with the Phantom Punches. It was much maligned. It's one of the most criticized segments in AEW history. And at that point, that was a point where the EVPs were more involved in the booking and like their booking as far as like, and they, Tony would talk to them about the overall booking of AEW. And at the start of 2020, because of that segment and them losing the ratings to NXT that had the Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler match on their show, they beat AEW and Tony was like, no, we need to make a change. They had two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's after that. And they came back on the first uh, Dynamite of 2020 and they had probably their best run of television at that point. So it told us that Tony taking the reins a little bit, taking full reins 
helped out the company. But in a way, that kind of rubbed Cody the wrong way. And we've seen over the past two years certain things that Tony has said that has probably rubbed Cody the wrong way as well. And, you know, there was a report also about the Forbes article. Uh, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Man podcast talked about it on We're Live Pal about the Forbes article and the video that Tony Khan had where he was like, I'm the GM, I'm the booker, I'm, I'm, I'm. It rubbed yeah. a bunch of people backstage wrong, and one of those people was Cody. And then you can go back to Cody's whole statement, and in the statement, it was beautiful. He thanked a whole bunch of people, but when he talked about Tony Khan, yes, he thanked him, but he also said, you took the baton and you ran with ran it. with it, yep. That, to me... I I am a big I was a big fan of Jay Z growing up, ladies and gentlemen. And one great thing Jay Z did great besides making money like he does right now is he would drop subliminals, and you would have to listen to the line or read the line multiple times to get what he's talking about or who he's talking about. And after everything that's come out with this news, Cody leaving, I just. I've been re kept reading that one line, and that one line to me feels like a shot more than uh, like uh, saying like, oh, man, you're doing a good job. It's kind of like I created something. I I made it. I made it great. And you kind of had the money and you took the baton and ran with it. And now I got to leave to go make my own and, you know, make good on what I did in WWE so I can come back here and end off strong and take back what's mine. Yeah, and that and that's the only thing that we know is for certain is there was a working relationship deterioration between Cody and Tony. And that's yeah. that's that's the only fact that we know at this point. Um and the fact that yes, there was money involved. Cody wanted a certain uh, a certain bag. Tony wasn't uh either able or willing to give him that bag. He's possibly got other people who are coming in. Looks like we're going to get a, a new member to the House of Black. We'll talk about that coming up in the five count here. But you you talk about Tony taking the reins and Cody taking except, exception to that. I honestly see both sides of that. I, I really do because, you know, having too many cooks in the kitchen is a bad thing. It, you, you need that head chef to kind of to lead the way, right? And that's, and that's where Tony's coming in on. It's like, okay, maybe all of us doing, you know, trying to, to lead – the herd here is not the best way forward. We need one central leader to make like all the final calls, like for better or for worse, everything goes through Vince and WWE and Tony decided, Hey, look, I, I need to be that guy here. And to his credit, he's good at it. He is yeah. really, really, really good at it. From Cody's point of view though, this is something that was really, really important to him. This is this is something that he wanted to, to kind of carry on his dad's legacy, right? Yeah. Was was being a good booker and and working on that side of things. Um, and to Cody's credit, he's really good at helping build younger talent and really did. Look at that main event last night. Those are two guys that Cody Rhodes helped build and put over yeah. in a major, major way. And you saw that crowd reaction, all right? That crowd reaction and the investment in Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen does not happen without Cody Rhodes. More, th yeah. more than likely, anyway. Yeah. They're very, very talented, but you need help. Everybody needs help along the way. So I understand where Cody could feel insulted by that, especially if TK just, like you said, took the baton, took the ball, whatever analogy you want to come up with, and just ran with it, and then less and less and less and less thought, you know, Stop listening to Cody uh, along the way. If Cody felt like he still had a viable voice and was being heard and was being listened to, maybe that deterioration doesn't happen. And, you know, ultimately it was like, yeah, okay, here's my ideas. And, you know, TKO, listen, this again, this is all speculation. We're not reporting anything here. That's another thing we're going to talk about coming up <laughs> here in a little bit. Yes. Uh, but to me, that's how I see things playing out. It's impossible to know for sure until, like you said, we hear Cody's side, and then I'm pretty sure we're going to hear TK's response. And I think that's exactly how it's going to go. Um, the other news that has been coming out of this, this is that has been very, very welcomed news, is WWE having big plans for Cody Rhodes and Vince McMahon loving the idea of getting a former EVP from AEW 
and bringing him over one of the the pillars the the guy who started the revolution right vince sees the money in that and he's going to use cody rhodes in a major way possibly even as soon as next week having a major wrestlemania match and i know this is something that we talked about on yesterday's episode was absolutely necessary for for wwe to do and that's going to be a win for for wwe that's going to be a win for cody and selfishly as us as the viewers that's going to be a win for us as well yeah absolutely like i said like i'm happy with that news of uh wwe having big plans for cody rhodes especially for wrestlemania because he's not just a star that's gonna pop or get people to buy tickets for wrestlemania he's a top star that you can have for the next two to three years and you can have him on the contract and if it works. This works so much with what Cody's plan is. He said it before on Rose to the Top that he wants to retire by the age of 40. He's 36 years old right now. You know with WWE, you're, you're either signing a three-year or a five-year deal. For Cody, it's probably a three-year deal. He gets to redeem himself and have a good run if they have big plans for him for WrestleMania. I, I would think that he's going to get over. He's going to come in as a baby face. This is the best way for him to continue consistently being cheered by the fans because that was something that wasn't going to happen in AEW if Cody was adamant about being a baby face. I think for his story, this just works on a number of different levels for him. And as far as like the uh, booking control, I 100% agree with you. I understand both sides of the spectrum there. As far as uh, Tony Khan, he's taken over and it it has worked it worked yeah. out for the best of aew and for cody he had some control of what he was doing but it really it became its own little thing i think that tony you could see from what we see week to week on aew that kind of tony what he was thinking with his vision kind of plays in line whatever the young bucks want to do for the young bucks whatever kenny omega wants to do for sure. kenny omega whatever chris jericho wants to do for chris jericho it wasn't until last year that whatever cody wanted to do for cody it just seemed so out there from where everybody else vision was with the company. And I think it was just the, it was the right time for both sides to part ways. And one important note that we also should say is that um, it, it also was a, a whole thing with uh, Cody. It, Cody could have stayed with AEW that it was on Tony Khan because he could have exercised the option, the same option that he exercised on the young bucks and Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega for an extra year. He could have done that with with uh, Cody Rose, but he chose to not exercise that. So we really have to hear from both Cody and Tony to figure yeah. out why he didn't exercise that option because there is a reason behind that. Yeah, and there, there's, on top of all this, there's some, again, so many reports coming out. Cody uh, talk like pitch the idea to have his like infant daughter win the TBS championship or, or some crap like that and hold on to it for 17 years. Like, bro, what? Like, that's one of those crazy things that just doesn't seem possible to me. But I, I could also see like Cody saying that as well. Um, But yeah. And then. Look, it, clearly it there just wasn't a, it, it wasn't the right fit anymore. And I think that's all parties agreed to that at the end they all mutually agreed i'm talking tony and cody here that aew wasn't the place for cody anymore and now cody has the opportunity to go back to wwe and prove vince mcmahon wrong and prove himself right and look again i i still think there's a very good chance that cody rhodes is either the universal or wwe champion by the end of this year once he puts his name on that dotted line that is something his brother never accomplished that is something his dad never accomplished that is exactly the top of the mountain that Cody Rhodes has always wanted. So we'll we'll see how things shake out, and this could ultimately work be, work out the best way for for everybody involved. Um, one of the reports that came out, I believe this one was from Sports Illustrated. Again, it's hard to keep everything straight. Is that Cody could start filming vignettes for his uh, his WWE return as soon as this weekend? This is something I don't want to see. I don't need to see Cody Rhodes is coming to raw or Cody Rhodes is coming to SmackDown or this, that they would be well-produced. I'm sure they would be very entertaining. WWE does this stuff very, very well. Unless it's Alexa bliss and therapy. WWE typically does these things very, very well. I don't want to see or hear 
or a smell or get a sense that Cody Rhodes is on the horizon. I we know he's coming. It's the biggest story in wrestling. All right. We know he's coming. I don't want to see him on TV until he's there. I just shocked me with that. All right. Keep me guessing. I don't want to see a, hey, here's Cody Rhodes. He's going to be, I get the, I get the argument. You know, you want to pop a rating. You, you want to let, let people know when he's going to be there to have people tune in. That's why you got to have him debut at a premium live event. If you could get him in Saudi Arabia, okay, maybe, or maybe, but you're also, you're trying to build to a WrestleMania too. So it's like, if you want him on the card or do you want him to debut on the show? There's a lot of things that are up in the air, but whether it's Raw, SmackDown, WrestleMania, Saudi Arabia, I don't care. I just want to see him. I don't need to see no, I don't need to see no vignettes. I don't need to see Cody Rhodes is coming to Raw. You know what I'm saying? I I didn't take him starting to film vignettes as like vignettes for like the like, oh, Cody Rhodes coming soon. I took it as vignettes of they're gonna tell try to like have sit down interviews and tell Cody Rhodes's story. Like if they were gonna do vignettes to be Cody Rhodes is returning, they just throw on the old clips. They wouldn't even use Cody Rhodes <laughs> to film at the performance center. They just throw on oh, oh smoking mirrors and they tell they show all the old clips. I think this is I think you are right. They're going to have him come in. Maybe I, I would say the, the, the fastest we see him, I don't think he's going to Saudi Arabia, but yeah, I no, think we a- could see him on the Monday Night Raw after Elimination Chamber, him come out, have a surprise, uh, you know, return to the uh, return to WWE. And then over the next couple of weeks, we start airing these vignettes, like sit down interviews where he could be like, you know, I left, I reformed myself. I went around the world. I started my own company. You know, he's not going to name anything by names, but he could say all of his things without saying any names. And he could tell his whole story of why he's come back to WWE. If that's the type of vignettes they're taping, I have no problem with that. I'm just excited. I'm more excited for Cody Rhodes in WWE than anything he could have done in AEW. Wholeheartedly agree. 100% agree. I got one more thing I want to hit on with Cody Rhodes once we get into the five count here. But first things first, what is more important, SP3, than peace of mind? I ask you, what is more important than that? Absolutely nothing. And that is what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind. While you are online with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month free. It is also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, we're going to stick with Cody Rhodes here. He is, uh, again, name's not on the contract yet as far as we know, but there are uh, pretty much everybody's on the, under the assumption he's going to be uh, debuting soon, back or re-debuting, I should say, in WWE. We talked yesterday about who his first opponent should be. We both were in agreement that it should be Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 38. Whether it's for the WWE Championship or not, that seems to be the money matchup as far as top guys left on the roster that he could be there for WrestleMania 38. But what about afterwards? Long-term booking. I I know that's a dangerous thing to talk about with WWE, but long-term booking for Cody Rhodes. I will ask you, number one, Sid, does it make more sense for Cody Rhodes to go to Raw or to go to SmackDown? This is like the easiest thing about the Cody return. You put him on SmackDown. You literally like took everything from SmackDown. You took Seth Rollins. You took Kevin Owens. Like you, you gave him back Big E, but you, you made sure to put Big E in a tag team position and make sure you, we don't even remember his WWE title reign before yeah. you did that. So SmackDown needs stars. Like Raw has Seth Rollins. Raw has Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, 
uh, you know, Riddle's a star, Randy Orton, you know, they get Brock Lesnar right now. You know, Brock Lesnar is going to go between the brands. We all know that. But SmackDown literally just has Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre is currently feuding with Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. So his 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 star power is slowly dwindling as long as this this feud is going. So SmackDown needs someone like Cody Rhodes. And it's not to immediately go up against Roman Reigns, but it is to start that start that build up to that. I think by SummerSlam, Cody Rhodes should be at the point if he gets a victory over Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, you put him in in feuds with kind of like the heels over on SmackDown, whether that be a Sheamus or you know a young guy like a rich holland i think all those type of victories will help him as he builds up until he versus roman reigns at SummerSlam. but smackdown needs a top star and if you're going to build cody rose as a top star now that he's returning he's that's the place for him to be i i agree with you smackdown is the place that wwe desperately needs cody rhodes but i can make the argument that cody Rhodes should request to go to raw because of everything that you just said yes he could have that match with roman reigns yes he could have a match with drew mcintyre after that it's thin uh th- there's there's some interesting things you could do with shinsuke nakamura you know both of those guys used to be in new japan obviously there's some you could have him kind of try to resurrect the intercontinental title scene and bring back the beautiful white strap and get rid of this no personality whatever hunk of metal that uh that that sammy Zayn. spoiler alert that sammy Zayn is now carrying around for the third time so there's some things that you could do there but you go over and you look at monday night raw and you've got you got AJ Styles, right? You've got Bobby Lashley. You have got Damian Priest. You've got Edge. You've got Finn Balor. You've got Kevin Owens. I'll throw Montez Ford in there. You've got Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Riddle, uh, Robert Roode. I'll throw him in there as well. There's just so many. Um, Dominic Dijakovic, if they could use him correctly, for the love of God, that would be a great matchup as well. And that, of course, that actually helps my argument because Cody is the type of guy he would look at that and be like, that's a lot for me to have to deal with to become to become a new fresh top star. It's going to be e- the better route for Cody as well. Not only just WWE, Cody is to be on the show that has less stars. Yes, it doesn't have all the, these matches that the fans want to see, but we yeah. don't know Cody wants to have all the all those matches. He just had a whole bunch of great matches at AEW. If he wanted to have just great matches with great wrestlers, he could have stayed in AEW. He wants to be a top star in WWE. He needs to be on SmackDown. And he would be going up against the top star uh, in WWE. Hey, so again, I'd rather, I'd rather be two than an option of maybe eight. <laughs> like I'm sorry, like the like he could be anywhere from one to eight on Raw. We know if they give him a push, he's gonna be the number two guy at the very least. And and here's the other thing, and here's the other thing, and this is why I, you know I'm starting to sway toward more towards SmackDown here if I'm Cody Rhodes as well. I'll be on there with Roman Reigns. You're right. If I'm one, two, three, if I'm two or three, more likely I'm getting that big WWE title shot sooner rather than later. Maybe even or excuse me, Universal title, whatever damn title it is. Whatever well, show he's on, he's got a chance. He's got a chance because Roman Reigns is going to have them both after Mania. Uh, so either way, he's good there. But he's only got, I mean, the draft is going to be coming up in October. So if he shows up at WrestleMania in April, you got six more months before the rosters are going to be reset anyway. And if I'm Cody, I'm going to the show that has the most eyes on it. And the most watched wrestling show week in and week out, even though right now it is the second best show in WWE, which was a huge reversal from just a few months ago. The most watched show is SmackDown because it is on Fox. And and by the time we get to October, ladies and gentlemen, Roman Reigns has been on SmackDown for like four, almost four years. It might be time to switch that up. And then Cody becomes Fox ain't giving him up. And then Cody could could become number one. Fox literally said, hey, USA, who do you want except Roman Reigns? And and USA was like, we'll take your whole damn roster. And they're like, okay, cool. You can have him. You can have Seth Rollins. You can have Becky Lynch. And we want Charlotte. We want Charlotte. That's it. That's it. There's like, we we don't care about the rest of the two hours. As long as we have Roman and Charlotte, we cool. We're fine. Oh, and when Ronda comes back, give us Ronda. Like, that's all. That's all they wanted. And, and, and we we ain't we ain't not getting Brock Lesnar, so you better put him on both shows. 
<laughs> and then USA is just sitting there like, all right, we'll take all these folks. That's cool. Hey, can we also get a Hell in a Cell match? All right, we're happy. Could y'all push any of these multiple stars that you just gave us? Like, you gave us a whole bunch of great wrestlers. I just want y'all to make them uh, stars because they could be. They could be. Yeah, but WWE <laughs> Creative actually has to give a shit uh, <laughs> about anybody except for those, like, six people, the, the main six. Uh, that's where Cody comes in that's going to make things very interesting because mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes could crack that golden six he could and make it the magnificent seven another movie reference i just dropped right there, there. Go. we sure as hell we sure as hell right now are not and i'm talking i'm looking at the intercontinental title and i'm looking at the united states title scene the united states title match on on monday should have been a hell of a lot better than something than what it was because they really only gave the guys four minutes yes they did I thought it was the best booking that they could possibly do in that situation because you have AJ Styles who is about to go into Elimination Chamber and you want to keep him looking strong. But Damian Priest should still be your United States champion and you need to start booking him better than recently. So I thought Damian actually being smart and learning from how he lost the week prior and kind of baiting AJ Styles in there and then getting the, the, the sneak roll-up pin, I thought that made Damian look smart. And it looked fluky enough to protect AJ Styles. I thought that was the best booking decision they could do. Don't do some bull bullcrap DQ. I loved the booking decision there. If you're going to give us that match at this point in time, best of a bad situation, right? But it was still only four minutes long. Damian Priest and AJ Styles just let them tear the damn house down, especially on a three-hour show. Then you look at the TNT title match that we had last night. Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. Tearing the damn house down. Spanish fly off the top rope. Darby Allen diving under the, uh, the, the, the second rope to give the, his, his tope suicida like a bullet shot out of a gun. And Sammy Guevara times that bitch to turn it into a cutter. Are you kidding me? That is something that looks easy on television. It is not. That is not easy at all. And those guys executed it flawlessly and then we even get the andrade bullshit finish but it's so storyline driven that i don't care i don't care it protects both sammy and darby because do you like if you're not going to do the title change there do you really want to hand darby this loss do you want him to take that l i don't think you do right now especially when you're building him up with andrade at this point maybe we're, we're moving towards a triple threat match at AEW Revolution, which I would not be mad at. That's starting to look like a stack card right now. But my God, those two dudes last night put on a show. And that is why the TNT Championship is as special as it is, is because they book it almost as better, if not better, than the AEW world title. Yes. They I I wouldn't say better than the AEW world title, but it is. It is the workhorse championship. The thing that the, the moniker that they gave to the Intercontinental title in the 90s when it was like that, when it would go to guys like Mr. Perfect or Brett the Hitman Hart or Shawn Michaels or Razor Ramon, that's when it became the workhorse title. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it was the guy who had the best matches on the show and the TNT championship has more or less become that, especially with the ch title reigns of Cody Rose establishing it, you know, Brody Lee becoming a star by winning it. Say uh, Darby Allen in his magical run where he proved that he could be a main event ratings draw. And now Sammy Guevara, after this victory of Cody Rhodes and then the win tonight, he has back-to-back -back great matches. And it showed that AEW made the right decision in ending his first run with the TNT title because it got off to a slow start. It didn't, it didn't have yeah. to, it had a great match with Miro where he won it, but you know, matches against Bobby Fish and Tony Nese didn't hit the way that it needed to this one tonight definitely did even with a finish that at first i typed out the tweet and i was like lackluster finish but then as i thought about it i was like wasn't really lackluster it wasn't really disappointed it was a finish that protected both guys and that's what it needed to do after but that banger of a matchup and it and it gives us our next challenger for the title because of the post match i feel like they set up that matt hardy and Darby Allen might be involved in the face of the revolution ladder match. And we're going to get Andrade versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship, which is the best of both worlds. 
Yeah, and uh, John Alba, who does uh, the uh, Extreme podcast with Matt Hardy, uh, was teasing that something special is coming up with with Matt Hardy. He said he's very interested. So if John Alba is dropping that little uh, hint about he's interested to see what Matt Hardy is going to be doing on television, uh, that should tell you all you need to know. By the way, speaking of John Alba, let me go ahead and throw this one out there. He's going to be joining us this Friday, 7 a.m. John Alba, ad-free shows for our big Elimination Chamber prediction show. That's going to drop at 7 a.m. on Friday. Give you plenty of time to listen to that all the way up until the noon start time. God, that is going to be so damn weird. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be pleasant. (laughs) It's just we're going to we're going to be done by four o'clock. That's a lot better than uh, what's going to happen. WrestleMania weekend when we get stand to deliver at noon, followed by night one of WrestleMania. And at two different venues, mind you, two different venues in Dallas, Texas. So anybody who's in attendance going to both shows, you got to go from one venue to the next, go through security and all that BS. And then night two is, ooh, that's going to be a lot. Like, why couldn't they just put it on a Thursday? Like, there's nothing on on a Thursday. Why couldn't you just do it on a Thursday? I don't know. I don't know. know. Or just keep it on a damn Tuesday. <laughs> that would have been nice too, but they want to make it its own event. I get that. Just yeah. put it on Thursday. You I, can't I put it on try, Friday I think anymore. They're trying to do to make the best of a bad situation with the timing and everything like that. But man, that's a lot to shoehorn. Do we know when they're doing the Hall of Fame induction ceremony that weekend? They're doing. They're taping. Uh, no, they're they're actually doing it live after SmackDown. Okay, on All Friday right. night. Also, oh, that's going head to head with Rampage. Rampage. Ooh, wonder what wonder who's going to win that ratings war but anyway uh i love what you had to say about you know the the workhorse championship with the intercontinental title and everything that's that's been going on uh or that used to happen and the thing that i loved about that is like they use that championship to set up who your next world champions were which has not been the case for quite some time uh with those secondary championships in wwe so let's focus on those who are fighting for the secondary championship right now talk about how aew has such a stacked roster and oh here's this guy's next in line for the world title. And then you could do him after that. And you could do him after that. And you could run down like eight different guys before you even bring up any of the two guys who were in the main event last night. Theoretically, you could, I know you're a lot higher on, on one of these two, uh, than, than, or maybe saying that they might be ready, excuse me, not higher on, but saying that they might be ready sooner uh, than some other people think. So I will ask number two on the five count, who do you see becoming AEW world champion first, Sammy Guevara or Darby Allen? Darby Allen should become the AEW world champion first because of what I just said. When he became the TNT champion and he had that open challenge and he had main event matches with not the, if like we're talking about future AEW world champions, these are not the guys that people would mention. Guys like John Silver that is great in the ring. It's not, yep. that's not a guy they're going to mention. Matt Hardy. Uh, you know, a 10 from the Dark Order. And all of those matches in the main event of Dynamite delivered in the ratings. It delivered quality matches. His match with Matt Hardy is one of Matt Hardy's best matches in AEW. He had a banger with Jungle Boy as well. That match with John Silver was really good. And then finally, he dropped the title to Miro in another ratings-drawing main event. So he has proven on television he is a draw. He's getting that rub from Sting as well. And the whole story of who I can see being the the next AEW world champions. It just makes sense for Darby Allen to be the next one in line because I think we are all in agreement. MJF is next up. And then you can have your pick of the litter, but I think that CM Punk, out of all the legends and all the guys they re- they have signed in the last couple of months, CM Punk is the one that needs the AEW, the world championship the most, and needs it to solidify this run for him. And then after that, I think you put it full circle from CM Punk's first match in AEW to the match where he loses the AEW world champion. The same guy that he lost to in his debut in the company is the guy he should lose the title to. And I'm talking about Darby Allin. All those reasons is why Darby Allin should be the next AEW world champion. And then on top of all of that, 
Look at how he looks. This is a guy that would never be the world champion in WWE. So if you want a champion that screams you're the alternative, it's Darby Allen. Yeah. Um, look, I don't think you could go wrong with either one of these guys. Uh, it, it, you know, honestly, I think they both will be. Darby Allen, though, when I think you have a chance to have a, a, a Jeff Hardy level moment, like when Jeff Hardy. Hell, and I'm not even talking about the pop when he like won the WWE championship. I'm talking about the pop in the ladder match with the Undertaker when everybody thought he was going to win the undisputed world heavyweight championship. That crowd was electric, and I will die on this hill. That is JR's best call of his entire career when he screamed, climb the ladder, kid, make yourself famous after the knockout shot with the chair. That is my favorite moment as a young wrestling fan is jumping up and down in my damn living room, watching Jeff Hardy climb that ladder in hopes that he's going to beat The Undertaker for the WWE Undisputed Championship. You have a chance to kind of recreate that magic with Darby Allen there. And I think, you know, he's, you've built him up to a point, but you still, he's, he's still a massive underdog, especially if he goes up, you know, against some of these freaking monsters that, that you got. Now, I could conceivably see him beating, you know, size wise, you know, CM Punk. And you don't really have anybody in line for the world championship that like fits the stature of the Undertaker. There's not a lot of guys that unless you put the title on Wardlow or something like that. But you have a chance to kind of create that magic with Darby Allen and have him get that 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 shock championship win. And when he does get it, the crowd is going to lose their damn minds. I don't think you could go wrong with either way, but I agree with you. I think I think Darby Allen will win it before Sammy Guevara does. But at the same time, Sammy Guevara like might be the first two-time AEW champion. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a guy who's going to win it multiple multiple times uh, in his career in AEW the longer that he stays there. And I think this is going to be one of those guys that the the company is going to be built around both of these guys uh, that the company is going to be built around uh, for years to come. I think MJF is going to be the first two time AEW. Yeah, wrestler. you might be right. I, on that. I don't think his first reign is going to be long, but I think he's going to be the first two time. He yeah. might be one of those guys, kind of like The Rock. If you look at The Rock, like with all of his title reigns, he really didn't have the belt that long in his career. So he yeah. might be a guy that has three or four reigns before his contract runs out in twenty twenty four. And maybe only has the title for like 60 days. Like seriously, in, in all honesty, I would, I still love the idea of MJF winning the world championship and then losing it like the next night, <laughs> like pulling the cane. Like I, I, I truly believe that, you know, we, we got this uh, match uh, set up for, for revolution. I, I, I am leaning towards MJF winning there. So he has the, all the momentum in the world to double or nothing. He wins yeah. the title at double or nothing. He has three victories, three against CM Punk, all out in Chicago, back in Chicago, CM Punk, MJF three for the AEW world title. And that's where Punk finally gets the win over MJF. Glad you brought up CM Punk. He opened up the show in spectacular fashion tonight. Uh, absolutely great promo. Wasn't even a promo exchange because MJF uh, was less speechless. And that does not happen very often uh, in, in AEW. And it set up the dog collar match for AEW Revolution. And I'm like, damn, like nobody uses history the way that CM Punk does to make a compelling story. And then John Moxley shows up to give Daniel or Brian Danielson, excuse me, his answer which was basically a non-answer and was basically, look, if you want to fight with me, you got to fight against me first. And I'm sitting here, I'm going, damn. Both of those are absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to ask the impossible question. Who had the better promo last night? Was it CM Punk or was it John Moxley? That is an impossible question because <laughs> this show had... Three very good to great matches in the opener with Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. That was a technical wrestling clinic. The tag team match with Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager. Like after the commercial break, that guy, like that guy, very good out of nowhere and told a really good story. And then the main event with Sammy and Darby delivered. And then we got three excellent promos: Hangman Page and Adam Cole. I love Underrated them as well. You, yeah. Using their history, the other. Adam joke, the bringing up Dark Order vanishing. 
there was a whole bunch of stuff to love there. And then we got these two promos, one person promos where they are, they, these are two of the greatest promo guys, best talkers in the business today. And maybe of the past, like two decades, CM Punk, just delivered a great promo, bringing up the picture. It was like he pulled out the oh. receipt on the MJF. Like, you're my fan, bro. You're my fan, bro. And you keep bringing up Piper in Portland. So I'm bringing back Piper's most famous stipulation match. You're going to be my Valentine, my Greg Valentine. You're going to be my bitch, MJF. That's exactly what we are going to have a dog collar match. And I love the fact that even with the opener kind of wiping clean Cody Rhodes there, we kept having mention of Cody Rhodes because the dog collar match was the famous rematch that he had with Brody Lee, the first ever dog collar match in AEW history and now you got punk and mjf you got this whole underlying thing of punk and cody cody brought him up really it seems like cody brought him up because punk got the bag and he did it and now now punk's got his dog collar and he's gonna have a match with one of cody's as he called it kiddos i just think that this is great and a whole bunch of stuff going on there but John Moxie's promo was better. I am sorry, John Moxie. I, I would. I am. I am probably unless it is MJF or Eddie Kingston. John Moxie always gonna have the best promo yeah. on an AEW Dynamite, and just off the last line alone. I don't stand side to side by side with no one unless I bleed with them first. That is just a banger line that you can see getting replayed and replayed in the video package for yeah. their match at AEW Revolution. And the fact that Brian Danielson's promo made me want to see them as a tag team. And I, after that promo, I think I said here, I said it on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I said, I want a match. That leads to the partnership. And yeah. then Moxley cuts that promo that basically tells me I'm going to get what I wanted. What? Yeah. Moxley wins. I did love that. And that is such a John Moxley thing too, right? Because it's like it's like a trial by fire. It's like, all right, you want to be my boy. You want to team with me. Let's fight first. All right, let me see what you got, right? Like, and I, I love that about John Moxley. It fixes it fits his character so much. And I loved both of these promos so damn much for everything that you said. So when I'm trying to pick which one was better, it, it's really nitpicking and it's boiling it down. And I go to the two, the two biggest moments of those promos, which one you just mentioned, John Moxley's I don't team with anybody until I unless I bleed with him first. That was great. But for me. The neutering of MJF that CM Punk did tonight when he held up that photograph of young MJF and CM Punk at a meet and greet. He's talking about however much you paid to see me that day. This was the greatest day of your life. For me, this was Friday. AEW Revolution, this is going to be the worst day of your life. And for me, it's just going to be a Sunday. So for CM Punk, for everything that MJF has done over the last several months to CM Punk and for Punk to just sit here and go, yeah, once I beat you, you're not going to even be a damn thought to me. You are going to go back to not even mattering to me, to not being on my radar anymore. That was such a burn. It was such a mind fuck. All right, excuse, excuse the language. All right, we're at we're at the 48 minute here. I can drop an F-bomb. Yeah. To me, even as badass as Moxley saying, I don't fight with somebody until I bleed with him first. For me, it was the meaning behind that, those drops for CM Punk that that gives the the edge to Punk for me. I, I love Punk's Pro Bowl, but honestly. After Moxley's promo, because of the, the stuff that he led up to that final line, you know, talking about he's never beaten Danielson despite versing him on the indies and in WWE. Yeah. After the promo, yes, I got what I wanted. I'm getting a match that might lead to their partnership. But also, I want Moxley to win. Punk saying all that stuff made me want MJF to beat him again <laughs> so he could start yeah. taking this seriously. So he can so this so a match with MJF is the best day of his life. A victory over MJF is the best thing on his life. It's the thing that he wanted the most. 
This Romo made me want MJF to beat him again so Punk can take MJF seriously, finally. You can't go wrong with either one. No. I mean, it's serious. I, I, I'm still going to pick CM Punk, but you could talk me into John Moxley. I thought for a second I might talk into CM Punk, but you're you're a guy who's very stuck in your ways. You choose a side. I, I love John Moxley. Yo, Moxley. <laughs> hey, he's so he's damn good. I get it. Best. Please my boy. Like, I get it. Cincinnati I mean, guy. I know. No, like I am I am like so in love with John Moxley's promos. I am going to say Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Moxley, the best baby face talkers of my lifetime. That's a bold ass statement, boy. And you know what? I don't think I'm gonna argue against you, but on this night. I'm going to give the nod to CM Punk. Uh, it appears as though we might be getting another debut. Shocker. Uh, in AEW, they are they're kind of known for these things. Bringing in new talent. A nice vignette. No idea what the hell uh, <laughs> Malachi Black was talking about tonight, but I, I, that's kind of usual with his vignettes. Uh, he's very deep when he gets into those things. He's got the, the tarot cards and everything, and Brody King is sitting next to him and all that. The Brody King goes, well, who are we waiting for? And all of a sudden you see this dark, ominous, shadowy figure start walking in. And before it like even comes into focus, right? Like they just, they just cut off. But Sean Ross app, Fightful.com, another report out today that Buddy Matthews could be arriving in AEW imminently, formerly known as our, our good buddy Murphy from WWE. So I'll ask you, SP3, this seems to be a slam dunk to me. Is Buddy Matthews going to be part of the House of Black? Yes. He referred to the person that he, they asked them. They asked Malachi Black, who are you waiting for? And he said, history. And this I is say, a man. Thank you, because I could not understand. I listened to it four times, and I could not understand what he said. So thank you. He, this is a man, Buddy Matthews, who had Malachi Black has a whole bunch of history with. They had the classic series on the main roster that really drew attention to both guys. And Paul Heyman is responsible for that. And Paul Heyman had big plans for both guys. You know, Buddy Matthews, as Buddy Murphy, joins up with Seth Rollins, becomes the Raw Tag Team Champions, gets the biggest spotlight he got on the main roster. Malachi Black was in line right behind Drew McIntyre to beat a guy to verse Brock Lesnar. Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. That all fell apart, but there was plans there for him to get a big push. But that all of that history can finally be paid off on at in the House of Black. And this was also teased before both guys got to AEW. You know, their vignettes of breaking out of the prison. They were in the same prison with the same yeah. guards, with the same doctors. They came out the same way. And now they're going to be in the House of Black together. So I think, yes. Buddy Matthews is going to be a part of the House of Black. And then it really changes the dynamic. Is Buddy Matthews going to be a singles guy while the Kings of the Black Throne are a tag team? Is Buddy Matthews and Brody King going to be a tag team as Malachi Black goes on his own? There's a lot of different ways they can go about this. This further opens the door or is going to make my pleas louder for trios championships because this is another great trio yeah. to throw in trios championships buddy matthews brody king and malachi black i really like the house of black if these are the first three members so you say that you bring up trios and we we didn't talk a whole lot about adam cole tonight even though that that promo exchange with uh hangman was great and and the setup that they're doing and the infighting between the the elite and you know the undisputed era and everything. All I, all I heard with Adam Cole standing there between the Red Dragon and uh, the Young Bucks in the background, I heard stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, he's just looking back and forth. He's like, "Damn, these two guys are gonna win both of these battle royales, and I'm gonna be stuck in the middle all the way up to the Revolution." I want to see. I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how you would book it. I want to see a trios match between the elite and the undisputed era where Adam Cole's on both teams. I don't know how you could book it. I don't know how it would work. I don't know what would happen if Adam Cole ended up having to fight himself. That intrigues me though. I, 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 I want, it could be a massive failure 
but I really, really want to see that shake out now. But anyway, uh, back to Bunny Matthews. Uh, remind me real quick, was he the one who actually shoved uh, Alistair Black at the time's eye into the steel ring steps, or was that Seth Rollins? Yes. No, he was the one that pushed his eye into the ring steps and the eye that is still damaged to this day. Yes, and is still got now like cosmic powers, right? As he's as he continues to win matches, the the makeup and everything gets more so this uh more uh intricate and extravagant and everything like that. So this makes a total amount of sense uh to bring Buddy Matthews in. I'm not sure how he the history's there. I'm not sure how he fits the dynamic of the House of Black, but I'm I'm interested to see it. I'm glad he's going to get a, a major spotlight because Buddy Matthews was one of the most I feel like I say this about a lot of people, but I think this is especially in his case. This is a guy who is one of the most underutilized people in the world. They basically had him be Seth Rollins lap dog. And then they put him with like a 17 year old on and gave him a love angle. And then they took him off TV and never used him again. It's, it's yeah. just really, really uh, unfortunate. So if it is buddy Matthews, sign me up for being excited uh, to see him back on my TV screen. And finally, one more WWE story before we roll out here. They reportedly have one more Stone Cold Steve Austin level surprise set for WrestleMania. Who the hell could that possibly be? Oh, God. All right. For those on the podcast channel, he's standing up. SP3 has stood up. He has left the room. I, I am sitting here alone. I'm sitting here alone waiting for SP3. He's sitting back down, and he, he's got a hat on. He's, he's got a hat. He has put the hat on, and he is now rolling. <laughs> At this point, are we even considering The Undertaker a surprise? Like, do we consider Taker a surprise at this point? You actually do the eye rolling thing pretty well, by the way. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't do that. I always have too much of my, you know, big, beautiful brown eyes showing through off the top there. So <laughs> really, really good. Um. Again, just one of the perks of watching on the YouTube channel if you're listening to Sid roll his eyes back to the back of his head uh, on the podcast channel. But is The Undertaker really a surprise at this point? I would be stunned if he's not there, especially if he does make the Hall of Fame class this year. I am here to tell you that the flames of your desires for one more Austin level surprise will be extinguished. May your desire for an Austin level surprise rest in peace. Well, <laughs> I know what I'm pulling for Twitter tomorrow. Uh <laughs> I think, yeah, look, it's Texas, right? Taker's going to be on the card somewhere. I still think he's going to be the headliner for the Hall of Fame. I could be completely wrong on that. I think that would be a slam dunk to do this year. There's three guys available for them to choose from, ladies and gentlemen. I know there's a couple of guys people are going to think of. The Rock, he's filming a movie. John yeah. Cena, he's filming a movie. Um, Who else would you think of? Well, Austin, he's already coming back. Um, already back. I mean, Triple H and Mick Foley, maybe. Triple but, H like, had a cardiac event. Mick Foley can't wrestle anymore. Uh, and the other two options of the three options that I named are Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. So the Undertaker the is, is yeah. the best option here. And I think I think this is more or less going to be kind of an Austin. I, I think this is not going to be announced but it's going to be an Austin level surprise. A guy that's on that star power is the undertaker. If I want him also to be in the hall of fame in his home state of Texas, but if he's not going to be a part of the hall of fame, it, it's going to pop the crowd. If he comes out as a surprise. Now the, the, the report didn't specify what this Austin level surprise person would be doing. Yeah. My thought process here is, and I agree with you. I think the undertaker makes the most sense and is probably the most likely. You bring up The Rock, and yes, he's shooting a movie. The issue with The Rock shooting a movie is that he can't wrestle because of insurance, right? They, no, they, no he's, they actually, he's actually out of the country filming a movie. That's the okay, issue. Okay, there's these life. things called airplanes. 
but, but literally that would be delaying the filming of a movie for just the, to pop a couple of fans. No, that doesn't make any sense. Let's stop. Unless you, the only way we're getting a rock appearance at WrestleMania is via satellite. I, I think if WWE could find a way, because again, I think the, you can always shoot stuff. You could shoot scenes that the rock is not in for that day. Okay. You don't have to shut down the entire production because he tore his abdominal line, right? That was the problem that almost ruined that terrible Hercules movie that he did because his last but, match he tore his abdominal line and he got hurt. Ladies and gentlemen, he did it on a move. He was performing. If he comes out at WrestleMania, he's going to do a move that risks the whole entirety of the movie that he has. I don't think he has to do a move. All he has to yes, do. He Yes, he does. All he, he has to do does. is stand there and stare down Roman Reigns at the end of the show no, and set gonna, up. He's going to do a move. Even, did Brock Lesnar just come out and stare down Roman Reigns? No, he didn't. He came out after the show and when cameras was off and he F5 Sean Cena a couple of times. If, yes, just, if the Rock shows up in the ring, he's going to do a move and you risk the entirety of a whole entire movie. So let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic here. We only are going to get The Rock if it's via satellite. Let's think of another option outside of The Rock. We're not getting The Rock. Maybe John Cena. Say John Cena. Maybe John Cena can fly from his movie set because he doesn't have a history of doing a move and injuring himself and delaying a filming of a movie. Let's come on, y'all. If I we can't can try, let's, leave, right. let's use history to dictate how to have logical thoughts and reasons about things. If, if you're even if you're right, if we can't trust The Rock to do a rock bottom or a people's elbow on Roman Reigns to close out WrestleMania 38, how the hell are we going to be able to trust him to have a match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39? Because guess what? He is going to plan it out where he's not filming a movie around WrestleMania. Like, come on. Why are you, ask, why are you asking very obvious questions? You're making this very easy for me. Let, I said I gave you three options that are available for WrestleMania. And I told you that John I'm pulling this tape. I'm pulling this tape. Two people, there's two people making a movie, and one of them have not injured themselves while they were supposed to film a movie. The other option, you should have just said, oh, John Cena can take the plane over. Then I wouldn't have said any of this because John Cena has not performed a move that he is injured and stopped to delay the filming of a movie. John Cena can do an F5 where the rock does moves that he lands down on that mat. Rock bottom, he's landing down on that mat. People's elbow, he's landing down on that mat. John Cena, all he got to do is pick a dude up and drop him like that. That's not, I, I, there is, there is, he is less likely to get injured hey, than he could, rock. So hey, if, he could hurt he, his back. He could hurt his back picking somebody up. He could tear a bicep. You know, you never know. You get okay, tangled so, up. So, so, so you are once again making my argument of let's not use any of the movie stars, any of the movie stars that are supposed to be filming a goddamn movie during WrestleMania, because there is a chance just, they look, could injure them. What I'm telling you is there is not a lot of options. You've no. labeled, you've labeled them out, and they are all bad choices. They are all bad choices or least less likely. I would put the Undertaker at 99% sure. Yeah, he's going to be on the show somewhere. But the next option that makes the most sense that would actually truly be a shock for all of the reasons we just laid out would be the rock. And if they, if the, and if the movie set lets him off for a weekend and they say, don't do anything physical. And he just stares down Roman reigns to close out WrestleMania 39, just like Brock Lesnar did on the TV screen. Anyway, it sets up WrestleMania 39. Have a good night. That would and, be, that would be the pop. And Rick just said this. Four months after WWE did a whole entire show dedicated to The Rock, and The Rock wasn't filming a right. movie, ladies and gentlemen, during Survivor Series weekend, and he didn't show up. And now Rick is trying to convince us that it could be. I, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm saying he is the next best option outside of The Undertaker and would actually genuinely be a surprise. I would not be surprised if The Undertaker shows up at WrestleMania. Oh, job. The next, I have given y'all likely options. The next option, the next possible option is Hulk Hogan. I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up. He was the damn host last year. 
Batista. Batista was showed up. Batista probably not be filming a movie. The Guardians of the Galaxy don't come out to 2023. I, I really can't think of anybody else. It's either ta- it's it's gonna be the Undertaker. That's all it is. We appreciate you guys Shawn listening. Sean Michaels too. Sean Michaels too. We appreciate you guys listening to all 64 minutes of this half hour podcast. Uh, Again, make sure to subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Get your chance uh, to win $50, up to $100 to AEW shop or shop AEW, excuse me. Uh, All the contest details can be found on my Twitter page at Rick Uccino. It is the pinned tweet. Follow, retweet, subscribe. You're registered. It's very, very simple. We'll be giving that uh, away uh, Revolution Weekend. Thank you guys very much. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with John Alba. Breaking down Elimination Chamber. We appreciate you guys listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.